right. Well, hey, it happened sooner than I thought, but I got a new phone, so that, this may sound better. Or it may sound worse because it's picking up road noise. Um, so I am driving home from my first day at Flomotomy School. Yay me. Two weeks of commuting. Um, that's not just exciting for me, but that's exciting for uh, the six of you who are listening to my podcast. Because there will be more of them, probably. I will have, uh, you know, at least an hour one way and uh, 45 minutes the other way to um, record my podcast. So hopefully I've got a lot to say. So let's see. What would I like to talk about today? I'm trying to push my group out into the wilderness. How am I doing that? Well, I gave them a treasure map last week. This treasure map is not part of anything, right? This is something that they must choose to follow up on. Will it lead to something? Will it not? Of course it's going to lead to something, uh, because I don't want to push them out there and their first uh, thing be a red herring. So, actually, that might be a good idea, right? Find some evidence of who was there before... Hey, that might be all right. All right, I'll put a pin in that and think about that later. Um, also, I am stepping up the rumors. Um, I am creating, I've decided to create small fronts and uh, pepper them in through rumors. Um, right now, there's an earthquake that leads to a hole that is from a module. Uh, no, Sly Flourish, fantastic location, spaceship. Um, I dropped that in into the bottom of a mine, so um, I've got a, an earthquake that just happened. Um, one of the Cantons is keeping tight lips on the um, on their death toll because they're sending people down there and they're dying. Uh, so this will be very interesting uh, if the characters choose to explore it. If not, then uh, something cool happens to those dwarves and they go, damn, I wish we would have got that shit. Um, let's see. Also, with the rumors, I am um, going to start pushing backgrounds buttons. Um, I have a character that was introduced in the first um, session that we played as being a love interest of someone who they were trying to go after. Um, It was uh, the thief's sister was the love interest of the the quote-unquote villain, the target of the quest. Um, the target of the quest is uh, hiding a, uh, a wellspring that blocks any scrying or anything like that. Any, uh, any, any mental spells, right? So they've been trying to find him. They can't find him. So uh, everybody's been looking for him. And the reason they've been looking for him really is because they want to find out how he's doing this. Uh, I think the Thieves Guild knows that there's a location like this. Um, and the Thieves Guild wants control of it, right? Um, Actually, I don't. I don't know specifically if there's a thieves guild in Midgard or in Zobek. Um, there are a lot of gangs, though. So I have um, a plot with a gang that I rolled up. I'm using uh, Castle Old School this week. Um, fascinating. Way, way more detail than I need. Um, but it's it, it's it's hitting all the right points so far. Tome of Adventure Design was kind of not what I was going for. Um, for this particular thing. And um, Castle Old Skull fits the mold really well. I get to roll on a lot of tables and a lot of variables, right? And they're D1000 tables mostly again. So um, there's a lot of variables. I really like tables. I really, really, really like tables. Um, Let's see. 
So, so I rolled up this uh, this gang one, right? The cutters, I think they the wire cutters. Hey, all right, maybe they kill Gearforge. I don't know. Anyway, they are going to uh, uh, the uh, the 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 sister, right? The rogue sister is going to like be done with this this love interest, right? And she goes off and she finds somebody else. She joins a gang, right? She joins the wire cutters and now she's going to bring this mission to them. She's going to say, Hey, this is, this is what these guys want. You think you could do that? You know, I know these guys who need some help. Do you, uh, do you want to try that out? And that's all the introduction they're going to know of for her being in the gang. Um, Really, I need to sit down and study the characters a little more. Um, uh, I, I know some of their backgrounds from play, and I've already pushed a couple buttons, but not many. Um, let's see, going around the table. I know squat about my halfling, and his other character is a um, gunslinger. I know squat about him. Actually, a paladin with a gun. I know squat about him. Uh, let's see, who sits next to that? Mistress Arashi, she is the crazy minotaur blind lady. I know that she's had a storied life in the art district, uh, or in the art realm. So, uh, I need to start pushing some art on her, right? Um, some crazy stuff, maybe. Uh, let's see here. Oh, maybe I can start dropping pieces of art in, and she can automatically appraise them, right? Um... And then her other character, or Tristan's other character, is... Oh, Lord. Why can't I remember this? Um, um, mm, 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 mm. So that's the fighter. And then there is a... Oh. Oh. Paladin Warforged. Um, Sailor Moon. He likes to pose as well. It's funny. Um, I, I dig it. Uh, it gives me great pleasure. Um, let's see. So, uh, Sailor Moon's a warforged, but she doesn't remember her soul. And there's a connection there between the warlock and the party, the, the, the gearforged warlock, who uh, assisted in the creation of um, the princess. So I need to find out a little more about that. I think that's a good connection I could spin, right? Um, let's see. So next in line would be the wizard. Is he a wizard? Bard. It's a bard. Dampier bard. Um, orphaned. Dropped on the uh, doorstep of the magic college and is in league. Not in league, but was taken care of by this small group of mages in the mages college. Um, so I... Um, I already pushed that button. Uh, they did a, a job for one of them. Um, and uh, that came out through play. That, uh, that uh, she was one of them who took care of him. So she is a uh, racist. She uh, does not like the Shadow Fae. A lot of people don't like the Shadow Fae. Uh, they're kind of weirdos. But they're Fae, you know. They're um, kind of like... Uh, not the Eladrin, the... Uh, the the Shadowfell Elves. I don't remember what. Uh, kind of like that version for Midgard. Uh, they're elves that retreated to the Shadow Realm, which is equivalent to the uh, Shadowfell. 
Um, so they're, yeah. All right, you get it. Anyway, let's see here. So his other character is, 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 wow, I haven't seen him in like a month, so I don't even know what his other character is. Um, I do remember he got played once. Uh, I have a list somewhere on Facebook. Anyway, let's see. Um, so moving around the table, we have the Clockwork Wizard and the aforementioned Rogue. 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 Wow. That was hard to get out. Um, the Clockwork Wizard and the Princess are looking for um, upgrades. Um, I keep mentioning that they're going to have to figure out how to do that. Um, I think if they pick the right adventure in on my list, I have some special ingredient and I'm going to sprinkle some uh, some parts to uh, upgrade the whip to maybe dispense poison, I, I think, maybe more concentrated. So you get two uses per um, hit or uh, two uses per vial. Um, I think that would be great because the rogue is actually out making poison. Um, and then the rogue has the sister who was in the first one. Uh, let's see. Then we have the ranger, and I have no idea what. So, um, the ranger has a wolf pet um, that isn't his wolf pet yet. He's doing the the Arnold um, ranger, the revised ranger, whatever whatever people are calling that. Um, so. Yeah, I don't have a lot of info on him, and I don't remember him playing anything else. Um, let's see, I also have, next in line is a monk and a fighter, I think. Uh, the monk tutored under um, the the uh, artist Minotaur, because uh, she used to be like great in hand-to-hand, -hand, but uh, she kind of fell off uh, because uh, she lost sight, I guess, is uh, the thing that we're going with. So she's blind, but she can still uh, fight. I guess daredevilish. She's not. Uh, she's legally blind, right? She's not completely blind. So, whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, it's all flavor in my mind, right? It's fine. Daredevil can do it. She can do it. Um, I, I don't remember much about the fighter. And then next in line uh, is my 13-year-old son who has a barbarian um, and a cleric both of which have, are, are very underdeveloped. Uh, he just joined, and we're going to the session eight this week. So he's been in two sessions. So um, I've got a little more playtime with the other characters. Um, so there, there's some buttons that can be pushed there. I, uh, there. There are probably some buttons that I don't know can be pushed there, right? So I need to start doing the, uh, I need to ask a question at the beginning. Um, uh, of every session. I have a list of those somewhere. I can't remember where I got it from, but it was really good. I, I want to say it was from a D&D Beyond article, but it might have been just from one of those D&D Beyond guys. Um, maybe James Hake or Sly Flourish. Uh, Mike Shea, right? Not Sly Flourish, but whatever. Um, yeah, but that was really good. I need to look that up and uh, start pulling those out. Um, I made a magic item table. They keep asking about magic items for sale. Uh, Zobak has a section for magic items for sale. It has uh, a couple of shops detailed. So it's about time I let them start shopping for magic items. I figure this is going to let it let them spend more money, right? Because we're doing um, XP is gold. 
So they're going to be able to spend more money, for, uh, um, right? Instead of just buying like, oh, I'm going to go buy 20 ladders. They can just be like, oh, I'm going to buy this magic doodad here. Um, I've got it. So it is a... Um, the shop has a standard reputation towards their group, right? Someone comes in and they go, oh, it's the... I don't know, the Zobek 14, right? It's who I, I started calling them, even though I think there's 16 of them now since my son joined. Um, oh, I forgot the Tortle Druid, too. There's a Tortle Druid in there who uh, is from uh, the Chult equivalent. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've got some good stuff that we can do there. I'm going to have to um, ask some specific questions. I think I'm going to write a list of questions that I can ask them specifically. Hey, uh, Turtle Druid, in your time in the uh, jungle where the giants built the huge wall to keep something out, what did you do there? Um, uh, I don't remember what his other character is. At any rate, uh, let's see, back to the magic item table. So they're going to have... Um, like a um, a reaction to them. Um, it's going to start at indifferent. Um, unless they are a dealer of illicit goods, then it's going to start at unfriendly. Um, then they're going to roll a reaction if they want to try to... Or roll a uh, charisma check to see if they want to change that initial reaction. Um, I have a table that... Uh, is five across and five down, right? So it will push that reaction up or down, um, depending on what they roll. Um, the target numbers are 10 and 20. Um, basically, if you roll a 10, it'll keep it the same. If you roll less than a 10, it'll go down. If you roll a 20, it'll go up. Um, and this is temporary. Um, I don't know exactly how it's gonna work, but with continued rolls or uh, continued successes, like maybe five successes in a row, or uh, three failures, um, it might go up or down permanently. So I'll have to keep track of that somehow and uh, devise my plan. Um, also with you know excessive bribes, um, that may um, bring the target number down, that will also allow them to spend more money. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't think the, the money will really change the reaction. It might, um, I don't know. I, I, I had a whole downtime thing written up uh, previously that involved bribes. So I need to take a look at that again and uh, check that out. Let's see here. So, um, all right. So we after that, in, or with that initial reaction or modified temporary reaction, there is a chart that goes from 5% to 20%, uh, one step each. So 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 that's not right. It's uh, 0, 5, 10, 15, 20. So the maximum, right, uh, friendliness, uh, which I think I called loyal because um, it's based off a reaction chart uh, that I made or found or something, I don't know, um, is going to, uh, that, that number, 0, 5, 10, 15, 20, right, going up from the bottom from unfriendly, to, uh, like, um, it's like, hates you, unfriendly, indifferent, friendly, and loyal. Those are the steps. Uh, so 0, 5, 10, 15, 20, and that is the discount that you will get on the magic item. 
uh, the magic items are a combination of items taken from Xanathar's. Xanathar's has the new magic item stable? Yes. Um, I, I don't know quite what they were doing with those tables. I think they... Uh, I don't know. They didn't label them well, right? I don't think. Um, I need to go back and look at them. And maybe they are labeled table A, table B, table C. Uh, so they do coincide with those Dungeon Master guide um, uh, horde magic item table roll whatever whatever random magic item thing main magic random table uh, wow I can't talk the main random magic item table in the DMG that tells you what table to roll on right roll once on table H um, I don't know if those coordinate to the ones in Xanathar's uh, I don't have a hardback of Xanathar's. That might be why I don't know. Um, but it's just as easy to look up on D&D Beyond. Anyway, so uh, maybe they're trying to encourage you to write your own table there. Or maybe they were just trying to save page space. I don't know. They're, there's a lot of reprinted material in Xanathar's. Um, there's a lot of reprinted material in Xanathar's. Even though a lot of that reprint stuff is from UA, um, Unearthed Arcana then, um, you know, I guess everybody doesn't look at that, but I know they put at least two things in from, um, Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide. Anyway, um, so it's the equivalent of table A and B, I think. Um, common magic items and uncommon magic items. There are, there's like three steps, right? So there are like basic, intermediate, legendary, and artifact. I, I don't remember. I, so it's a, a, a two thing, right? So I have um, like simple common magic items, simple uncommon magic items, and simple rare magic items. All right, that's what we're going with. I don't remember what the simple actually was. Um, but they are, uh, most of it's the common magic items from Xanathar's, and then the first, a lot of it's the first table from the DMG for uncommon. Um, and then the rare ones I only put in there because they are mentioned in the Zobat guide. Um, three of the eight are things that would just be totally illegal. Uh, one of them is like a Gearforged killer. So, you know, this is something that shuts down a Gearforged. So, not a lot of people are going to have that, right? And the people that are, are either military or murderers. So, if you're buying that, you're not buying it from someone who's on the up and up. Um, there is a uh, cattle prod, uh, basically, um, that is used by the city guard. So you would not be buying that. Um, you would be uh, given it by the city guard. Uh, so that is illicit. And then there was one other thing that was uh, very illicit. Um, so there's a uh, there's eight items, I believe, and uh, those three would only be if you're talking to an illicit dealer. Um, so off those tables, it is broken down 75%, uh, you roll percentage dice, 75% of the time, it will be that you will get the first table. 24% of the time, right? 76 to 99, you will get the second table. And if you roll double zero, you will get the third table. I was going to use a d6, but thought about it and I was like the number of times a six comes up on a six-sider is pretty common right it's a one in six chance uh, even though you're only rolling that probably once a session let's get real 
Um, it, I, I, I just didn't want to see that many rare items. Um, so double zero on a hundred cider is pretty rare. Um, honestly, I don't remember rolling double zero a lot on a percentage dice. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think I ever once got that 18 double zero strength in uh, first edition or second edition, I think use that too. Um, so yeah, I think that's a, a fair thing, right? That's, that's, uh, it's going to be like, whoa, you rolled double zero. Wow. You get a rare. Um, I was going to put also on the chart, um, like if you rolled max on the first chart, it's uh, roll again twice. Um, I did not put ignore this result because it's pretty uncommon you're going to do that. And hey, if it explodes, then it explodes. That's pretty cool. Um, that one is a uh, D8 and a D12. I don't remember why I did it that way. Um, oh, because of the number combination, right? It was 72, um, and I had two potions on there, so there were 70. It was a list of 70. So you roll a D12, and that's the 10's place, and you roll a D8, and that's the 1's place. Um, let's see here. Then there is, uh, the second table is 2D8's red light percentage dice, right? Uh, one eight is the tens place, and one eight is the uh, ones place, and um, that one uh, broke even. It was I, I needed sixty four numbers. I got sixty four numbers. Um, well, I on, on both tables I made potions twice as common as everything else. So you're you're um, on the first table. Two of them are potions, so those each get two numbers. Um, Right, so 64 is the number I needed, so I hit that, and the rare table, I was not going to add any roll again or anything like that. Um, although, I think for provision that you do roll double zero and you're not talking to an illicit dealer, then you would have to roll on the, t the previous table. I think that's fair. You got your chance. You weren't talking to the right guy. He's just got a regular magic item. That's better than nothing, right? Um... So I will update that when I when I get a chance, when I think about it. Um, I am working on GM Binder. Uh, my username there is Jerry247. I don't know if you can look my stuff up by my username uh, if you want to check it out. I also posted it on the uh, Zobek Facebook um, for magic items. Uh, I, I'm not really getting into show notes yet because uh, I'm in the car. <laughs> I don't want to type it out or search for it or anything like that. Um, it, it, if uh, I do start um, making this podcast more of a, um, uh, a priority, more of something that I do with my spare time um, that's not just in the car, which is a, a great possibility, honestly. Uh, I'm, I'm already up to 23 minutes on this podcast. I've never talked this long, have I? Um, but uh, ever since I talked to uh, my counselor about it last week, I think it was last week, um, I got in the car and I looked at it and I'm pretty confident that my, that I'm, that I'm, I'm saying good stuff, right? Cause I'm, I'm getting consistent listeners, right? It's not a high number, uh, but I'm assuming that most of these people are the same. Um, I doubt that someone's coming in and listening to, um, episode seven, right? And then not listening to eight and you know, six different people are listening to eight and then five different people are listening to nine. Um, I have had a huge spike, huge meaning, you know, from 
one to two listeners, up to six listeners. Um, so I think I will probably continue with this. Uh, so show notes are probably my next thing. Uh, I changed the picture to uh, um, my 3D terrain that I'm making. Um, I um, am talking longer. I am a little more interested in promoting this outside of, you know, just uh, letting it roll. Uh, so, um, yeah, tell your friends about it. I want you to listen now. Uh, that's about all I've got to say, but I'll probably yak for another 20 minutes tomorrow. See you then.